Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. Beatitudes, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, if you're following along in your phone or app or following along in your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Well, the first thing we're looking at in what we're talking about today is blessings. What's a blessing? A blessing is a spiritual and material benefit given by God to be enjoyed. Also, blessing is the name of God, which is also appropriate response to believers to all that God has done for them. So we are blessed, but we bless God in the way that we live based on what we have or don't have in our lives. One of the things that brings into focus in this passage that really grabbed me this week is for us, we all want to be blessed. But many people are simply unwilling to suffer for it. You know, uh, we want to be blessed, but we want to get that without having to go through hardships and difficult times. We, wanna, we want everything to, be, everything to be right and everything to be good at all times. We think everything is going to be fine. To be blessed is to be trouble free and all of these things, which is simply untrue. To be blessed is not trouble-free. To be blessed is not just everything good all the time. To be blessed means that we have to be willing to count the cost and suffer for it in this life. To be blessed means that we have to look at all the things going on in our lives and understand that there are more good things than there are bad things going on within us. But what we tend to do is what a lot of us do, right? We look at the negative things or the bad things or the difficult moments and we let that kind of eclipse all the good stuff, don't we? We sometimes look at our difficulties and say, well, these are just more than I can bear instead of looking at all of the things that God is doing within our lives, despite what we are going through right then. I had people throughout our lives that have said it kind of like this. We get kind of tunnel vision on that one thing and we can't see what God is doing on the margins or what God is doing all involved in it. So we can get so focused in on one thing that we don't see all the blessings that are ahead of us. Well, the scripture today, I believe, takes the normal view of what people say and do today and kind of turns it on its side or turns it on its head, however you want to say that. But it proposes a better way that we might live more abundantly. See, I think God wants us to live in that abundance despite our circumstances, right? Despite what we're going through, no matter what they are, whether it's the top of the top of the mountain or it's the lowest of low of the valley, God wants us to live in that abundance because he wants us to look to him for each and everything. He wants us to find the right perspective in our lives. Because when we, look, when we lose our gaze off of Him, then we tend to do what? We tend to flounder. We tend to make bad decisions. Or like the disciples, we tend to sink in the water when we take our eyes off Him. But there's a better way that we can live. Now it talks about blessed. 
and, and some of the things that it says within this passage on blessed or blessing, you might say, well, this doesn't sound very, very good. This doesn't sound like something I'd want in my life. But it, it makes us really understand that with God, you and I are always blessed beyond measure, more than we deserve. So it has us to recount and think about all the things which God has done and will continue to do. So it says in verse 3 of chapter 5, it said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It also says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You see the kind of back and forth of this? It says, but you're going through these things right now, but these are the things that God is going to show up and do for you. Even though you're going through these things. It says, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, I think that's one of those points we ought to say amen, because this is one of those things that you and I ought to pursue after righteousness, thirsting for righteousness and not finding it anywhere and in anything this world has to afford us. There's only one way that you and I will understand that is coming to him. So it says in verse seven, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you or per and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for in your reward is in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that perspective, knowing that even through all the things we encounter, that we are still blessed. Knowing that when we have an almighty God in the right perspective in our lives, we begin to look at things through a different lens, don't we? It's almost as if we begin to see things in such a perspective for the first time. Because you and I choose every day how we look at the world, don't we? We choose every day to pray hard, to read scripture, to allow that to be what we use to engage in our world. We use that as a litmus test for all of our decisions that we make. We say, well, what does God's word have for me and how do I live that out? And how do I understand that I can't do anything apart from him? So blessed, abundant living and all of that comes and starts with that walk with him every day. And it gives us the right perspective because all of these things say blessed are those or blessed are thee and, and, it, and it elicits a response from us. And like, like the one says, it says blessed are those who are merciful, they shall receive mercy. That tells us how to treat other people, right? How many of you have ever engaged with somebody that doesn't deserve it and then you start thinking, well, you know what? I don't deserve it either. How do I hold such grudges against people when I don't deserve it? How can I forgive others when they don't deserve it? I don't either. It's because we understand that is the path to God's blessings, but also it's living that right life. All of these things you can look at and you can say, well, I've, you know, I've kind of been through some of those. I'm looking for peace, but I've got to pursue after peace. I'm looking for People, you know, in my life, and I think about back people who insult me, they insulted 
Christians before me. They persecuted Christians before me. They persecuted believers before me. I'm not the first one to ever go through these things, and I won't be the last to ever go through these things. But I can say and I can rejoice because... As Trevor shared with the young ones this morning, that my blessing, your blessing, our blessing comes from when we reach the end of this life and we step into the gates of heaven. I, I think many of us would say we think there's going to be gates in the heaven. So, uh, but I don't know as long as I'm there. I'm just happy with how it turns out. But, uh, but we know our reward is in heaven. And we know who is the one who speaks to us where we are here and now. See, there's a couple of other things that this comes from or brings out of this passage. And it's, it's something that we always say, but we don't always do, or we don't always live out. See, we should have a sense of humility and concern for others and make that a higher priority in our pursuit of a Christ-like life. Humility is, according to Andrew Murray, humility is perfect quietness of heart. It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me and when I am blamed or despised. It is to have a blessed home in the Lord where I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my Father in secret and am at peace as in a deep sea of calmness. When all around and above is trouble. So humility comes when we are more concerned about his viewpoint of our lives and where we are and how it is than anyone else. But also humility comes when we seek others needs as greater than our own. When we seek to serve others and we're happier when other people are happy. We're happier when we're serving the least of these. We're happier when we are able to demonstrate the love of Christ in our life to somebody else. Instead of saying me, we say serve all others because Christ demonstrated that in our lives. So that should be a high concern for us to be humble, but also have high regard for others around us. But if we're really looking deeper at this, you begin to see blessedness, you begin to see perspective on where God is in our lives and what we should be pursuing after, you begin to understand these kind of things. You have to do a heart contents inventory. When you are one who is responsible for a lot of materials, I know a lot of times that, that nurses and uh, medical professionals have to give an account for all the things that they have that they use. The tools, the, the, the bandages, the sterile things, all that are there, they have to give an account several times a year because they like to know what they have when they need it, but also if they need to get more. A heart contents inventory helps us know what to do even when we don't understand or even when sometimes we choose to do the opposite. I think Paul illustrates that fact. He says this in Romans chapter 7. If you want to write this down and come back to it, you can, or if you want to flip over there. But, but he, he begins to ask himself, why do I do the things that I do when I know better? Now that's the... That's the my version version of that. So he says, I know better, right? How many of you have ever been told you know better? Nobody would acknowledge that. You know better than that. 
You should have done better. You know how to do that. You know what that's supposed to be like. You know how to make that decision better. I thought I've taught you better. All of these kind of things. Here it goes. He says this in verse 15 of chapter 7 of Romans. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am practicing what I, what I like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. Now, maybe you are sitting there saying, well, I didn't understand what you said at first, but I get what you're saying now. There are things that I need to be doing that I'm not doing, and there are things that I'm doing I shouldn't be doing. And that is kind of the back and forth that we face in human life, don't we? We do things we ought not do. But it says, but to the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. So Paul is having to do a heart content inventory. He's having to say, what's in my life that shouldn't be there? What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And how do I do things differently? He's saying, yes, sin dwells in me and it causes a whole whole litany of trouble in my life. But I need God evermore. I need God more than I did yesterday and the day before and the day before that. I need God more today. I need Him more tomorrow. I need Him more and more and more because I can't do anything apart from Him. And I certainly can't combat the sin in my life apart from God. Y'all, we can't be good enough. We can't try hard enough. We can't read enough books. We can't serve enough people. We can't do enough things apart from God. But if He's the pathway to blessing or to understand how blessed we are, then it stands to reason that we need Him more and more every single day to do the things that we should be about. But how many of us understand what He's saying here in that passage? We try to do the right thing, but we often fail. How many of us know that we are not perfect? We live in a world where they say, well, certainly if you are a believer in Christ, you never mess up, right? You know, certainly there's this unattainable standard so that, so that when we mess up, it feels like we just kind of spiral down and hit the ground there. And we, we're just all kinds of messed up. But the reality is there was no one perfect outside of Jesus Christ that ever walked where we walk and ever engaged people like we engaged people. And he fully understood what it was like to be human and he fully engaged in the life around him. He wept for those who were, who were in trouble or those who had passed. He served the least of these. He went to places that, that, that we go and he was with people that we engage and, and all those kind of things. We look at the example that he gave us And his proclamation was, he can't do anything apart from prayer and time with God. And I say that you and I can't fully engage or understand who we are in God's blessedness for us if we're not going to him and allowing for him to set that standard in our lives. Because I'm telling you, if you allow for others in this life to set the standard of good and evil, of right and wrong, then they will set that standard for you. And you will say, well, well, I can't figure out how I got here. It's because you listened 
to those around you or you listened to the media or you listened to the world and you said, this is my view of right and wrong. You and I need to go to the source. When we are thirsty, when we're in need, when we need righteousness, when we need to understand why things are happening to me the way they are happening to me, we can understand that our source is at Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is what comes into us in that moment when we realize there's nothing in our life that we need apart from that relationship with God. Because it's that relationship with God through Jesus Christ that gives us the ability to do what? To engage in the world around us, right? To see the world in the right perspective. To hunger and thirst for righteousness more than anything else. It gives us that right perspective in this life. So my encouragement as we gravitate into a new week and I'm quickly understanding that these weeks are happening faster and faster and faster and faster. It seems like Christmas was just the day before yesterday. Does anybody else feel like that? It's going fast. Before we know it, Easter will be here. Before we know it, summertime will be here. Before we know it, we'll be engaging in everything that is fall and uh, pumpkin spice kind of things. And we'll be going through all of those things, right? And it'll be Christmas again. The years get faster. And I know that a lot of times when we're younger and we're really young, we think the years are just going to last and last and everything's just going to happen the way it is. And, and it will just be a never-ending cycle. We're just, so we'll just hold on for what's there. You and I have a choice to pursue after God and to hold on to Him with all that we are and all that we have. And my encouragement this week is that you don't get too far ahead of yourself. You don't get so far ahead where you, and, and I love these questions in any kind of interview you ever go against. You say, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Where do you see is your, what do you see as your, you know, strengths and weaknesses? What do you see in all of these things? And they get you to self-identify all of these things that are in your life, but all of these things that they need to know about in their life. But we need to look at every day and then look at the next day. And look at the next day and look at the next day instead of getting so far ahead where we say, well, yeah, I have plans for the week. But if God so chooses to come in and just mess up my plans, I want that to be OK, because I don't want my plans to ever be more important than God's plans. I don't want what other people say to be any more important than God's plans in my life because God's plans need to reign supreme. So, so his mercies are new every morning is something that is always stuck in my mind. And it helps me understand that if I stumble and fall or if I have the wrong perspective today or if I engage in sin that I ought not do, as Paul said, if I do all of those things, I have a fresh start in the morning. But it is by pursuing after God and seeking forgiveness for the things which I have done that sets my feet on the right and proper ground the next day. You know, it's not one of those things that just because we sleep on it, you know, it becomes better. It's one of those things in coming to the Lord that that is what guides us. Now, His mercies are new each morning comes from Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. How many of us can agree with that? The Lord's loving kindness. That means His love and His kindness for us never ends. It goes on and on and on and on. His compassions never fail. How many of you understand that this morning? He loves you and I 
all through the things which we do. And he's there for us every step of the way. Verse 23, they are new every morning. New every morning. How many of us, we can get in the, the rut of life and we can actually wake up in the morning and say, another day, another time to go through these things, another, another begrudging thing that we have to just be kind of just muddle through and make it through. Instead of waking up each morning and saying, God, great is your faithfulness. God, whatever you're going to do today, I'm going to hold on to you because I can't do it by myself. And so I'm going to say that even in my worst estate, I'm blessed. So I'm going to have the right perspective today where I'm not going to let the devil have a hold on me. And I'm going to do everything I can to hold on to you. And the last words of that verse 23, it says, Great is your faithfulness. How many of us understand God is faithful? At all times and in all circumstances. You and I do not deserve God's faithfulness. Can we agree on that? We don't deserve it. But it's because of His great love for us that you and I are even afforded to be called children of God. It's because that God is always faithful in His promises, even when we are not. And I truly believe that He provides a way where the world doesn't afford. How many of you look at the world and you say, well, a lot of times in relationships, it's a one and done type thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes we don't get along so then we're not friends and we're not together or we're not around each other or we're not going and doing the things we used to do but we need to be concerned more with how God sees us in our lives than how others see us see because the world around us is going to have a different opinion about Trevor right a bunch of people in here might have a different opinion about Trevor but what matters most to Trevor God's opinion of Trevor. Now, I remember years ago, and this is going to take a few of you back, and, and I'm sorry if you don't remember this because you weren't here quite yet, but we used to watch a show growing up called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Now, at that time, it was Regis Philbin. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about when I'm saying that? Okay, so Regis Philbin. Okay, the show gave its participants chances to earn $1 million by answering some questions and as they answered their questions, they were afforded lifelines, right? Now, this lifeline meant that, meant that if they got to a question they simply were unsure of or they were simply uh, just, just didn't know at all, they could phone a friend or do a 50-50 or whatever it was. They could make a decision to reach out to this lifeline. And this lifeline often, if they chose the right person, gave them what? The questions answer so they could move forward. I looked at that and I thought of that and I understand that this too happens to us. We too have a lifeline. The Holy Spirit who is close to us at all times and He's simply a prayer away. Meaning He's with us regardless of where we are in the circumstance we're going through. So there's some things I want to ask you this morning that you might look inside and ask of yourself. One of those things is this. How has he changed the ways you live and how you view other people? 
How has he changed you? Because your walk with the Lord on day to day, whatever that day is for you, should not be the same day and walk with him as when you got started, right? You should be further along in your walk with the Lord, growing and understanding and faithfulness and in time and, and scripture memorization and prayer time. All of that should be further ahead, but also how you view others. The word of God, as it changes you, changes how you see other people, doesn't it? It, it makes you understand how blessed you really are, but also what we are to be for other people. So God's word not only influences us, but it influences those around us through us. And then as we extend these attributes to others in our lives, we begin to understand a fraction of how blessed we are. See, we are blessed because each of these has been undeserved and extended to us through Jesus Christ. You and I are blessed, not of our own doing, not of our hard work, not of our determination and grit. We are blessed solely because of Jesus in us. And that perspective helps us understand that no matter what we're going through and what we have or what we don't have in this world, that we're blessed because of Christ in our lives. That that is what we hold on to when it seems like the world at large is not going right for us. And we hold on when things are not going our way. But the encouragement is that he affords us more than one chance. As I said a minute ago, not one and done, but he gives us the measure of forgiveness to all who ask. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to just go and go and go and keep doing the same thing. But that means that we can come to him each and every time and realize that apart from him, we can't do anything. But with him, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, we can make it through the next day and the next day and the time after that. Lastly, a humble heart and a desire to please the Lord alone leads us to become more concerned with the needs of others, more significant than our own. See, this, this is a pathway to understanding just how much He has given us, so freely He gave us, and how much we are blessed. And I've had someone throughout my life say, well, I just don't see it. Things are too hard. Things are too difficult. It's more than I can bear. It's more than I can take. It's more than I think I deserve. All of these things. And I've had people go through these times where they've said, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And, and in my perspective is it always helps to do something tangible, to do something in our lives. So I say, okay, get a piece of paper. And someone will say, okay, what do I do with a piece of paper? Write down all the things which God has blessed you with. All the good things that are going on in your life. And write down what you discern is bad or difficult in your life. If you ever do that, when you finish actually writing down the good things, it'll be days later. But I guarantee you, the thing which you're focusing on, which is so difficult and hard, it's going to be right here on this page, right about right here. Because God's blessings go on and on and on and on without end. So for us, we can focus on the bad things or we can focus on a God who does all things. And it's a perspective change in our lives when we understand that regardless of what we go through, that we are blessed beyond measure. 
Father God, we come this morning, God. We just ask, God, God, you to change our hearts, to change our perspective, to change our thoughts, to change our actions, to change our life, God. Because, God, we can't do this by ourselves. So, God, in today, as we are here, Father, as we are looking at how blessed we are despite circumstances, how much you provide despite circumstances, how much you love us despite our sinfulness. God, how much you're there for us even when we don't do the things we know are right. God, how much forgiveness that you afford each and every one of us. Father, I thank you that your forgiveness goes on and on. And you're willing to give us a fresh and new start every day. But Father, you want us to come to you. To look to you. To rely on you for each and everything. Father God, because apart from you, we cannot do a single thing. Father, you have sent us your helper, the Holy Spirit, to walk with each and every one of your children. Father God, every day we can look at our lives and say, Father, despite the difficulties, despite the hardships, despite the persecution, despite all the things that I face, Father, I'm really blessed because you're at the center of my life. And nothing could ever change that. So, Father, I pray today, if we are here and we have forgotten just how loved we are and couldn't be loved any more than we are right now, that, Father, today we might call unto you and just say thanks. Thank you, God, for all the things you have done. Thank you, God, for giving me the ability to get up this morning. God, thank you for the, the small and insignificant things to me that are very significant. Father, I thank you for the word that you provide that gives us what we need each and every day. God, I thank you for in the times of prayer, you meet us right there. Father God, I thank you that we never walk alone in this life, no matter how much the world says we do. Father God, I thank you for a day like today where we can get right by you and watch you do great and mighty things in our lives. Father God, as we're together this morning, God, I pray that if someone does not have that relationship with you, that today is the day they say yes to you. Father God, we just hope that today is the day that you change everything. Because God, we know that you can and we know that you will. Father God, I just ask you to move in this time of invitation as we all stand and seek to worship you in this moment. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.